All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. This is a KISS-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode 260 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm Daniel from Sweden. We on the KISS FAQ message board. Joining me today are two gentlemen from, one from America and one from Canada. Yes. First to Mark Almighty on the message board. Mark from Canada, hello. Greetings, Daniel. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm fine. And we also have uh, St. Louis KISS. Hello again, everybody. Lonnie, yeah. I guess you're from St. Louis. I am. Yeah. Congratulations on the cup. Okay. <laughs> uh, first of all, I would like to say thank you to Antti Miettunen. Sounds kind of Finnish. Because uh, he commented on a previous episode on YouTube and liked the casual feel. So uh, that's what gave us the idea to, to this one. You know, we read all comments and uh, most of them are kind of valuable to us. And... Uh, uh, of course, we like to discuss KISS in any shape or form. So please do continue to give us your comments. So aside from KISS, this will be an episode focusing on you guys, uh, my fellow KISS FAQ podcasters. We're mm. going to uh, get to know you a little bit better since we're going to talk a little bit about your guilty pleasures when it comes to music. Uh, we'll get a sneak peek at your playlists. And today will be your chance to know a bit more about these veteran podcasters. Do you know how long we've been doing this? Uh, 2015, like January of 15, I think. Exactly. Wow. Uh-huh. Very, good. Very, Very good. good. Five years coming up. So um, uh, we're, we're, we're kind of veterans. Uh, furthermore, we can all agree that we're KISS fans, KISS nerds, but today we're actually going to uh, find out some more nerdy interests from these guys. Uh, and uh, another subject we will talk about is KISS fans, since some KISS fans has done a bit more for KISS and the KISS army than others. Uh, and today you guys will tell us about a special KISS fan that has meant something special to you, or just a fan that you think is worth, worth praising. Uh, we're also going to discuss what other podcasts we're listening to. But we should start off with a genuine KISS topic. Uh, usually we start with, with uh, if you have bought anything, but Ken isn't with us, but he <laughs> always buys stuff. He always has something else. albums and, and everything. But, but you guys, have you bought anything lately or...? Um, I haven't bought anything recently. My brother did bring me back a, a shirt from the Manchester show that he saw um, a couple weeks ago when he was over there. So oh. I haven't specifically bought anything, but I got a gift, a kiss gift, I guess. Oh, and Joe Adele gave me the Gene Simmons cereal last week. So oh, nice. Was... <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it good? I have not known. Have I opened it? Are you crazy? <laughs> no, I haven't opened it and eaten it. No, God, no. It'll uh, I don't think you, I don't think you will make a lot of money from that one. <laughs> that one, but we'll see. Uh, so, uh, but uh, any kiss news that you've come? We should actually say that uh, Julian is uh, in Nashville. Um, he's going to be at the Nashville Rock and Pod on uh, Saturday, and uh, he will actually interview a bunch of people. And the name that stood out to me was uh, the producer of Carnival of Souls, Toby Wright. Mm-hmm. So I guess if you have a good question or, or, or an idea that you want Julian to present to that guy, you could just write it in the comment section and maybe your question will be asked to Toby Wright. Uh, I don't know. Did you see the list of names? Any others that we should mention that Julian will talk to? Um. I can't think of any offhand. I know I saw the list, but I can't remember the names of the people that were on there. But I know he's also doing a uh, 
he's doing a, a forum, like an actual like uh, se- like segment at the uh, Rock and Pod where he's talking to uh, some of the guys in the in Ace Freely's band there, talking about being fans from fans to famous, where they became you know just regular Kiss fans, and then they ended up you know now playing for Ace Freely and Gene Simmons. So there's that should be an interesting uh, sort of seminar to go and check out, right? Yeah, but if you're in the Nashville area this weekend, the Rock and Pod Expo is Saturday, and it will feature members of Saigon Kicks, Striper, TNT, Megadeth, Kicks, Danzig, Tora Tora, Green Jello, Exodus, Toby Wright, as previously mentioned, and many more. It's on Saturday, August 10th at the Nashville Airport Marriott. Yes, Michael Sweet, yeah. though. That's the one thing that kind of stuck out i'm kind of disappointed i wasn't able to go this year because i was a huge striper fan when i was younger man soldiers under command was one of my favorite records and they're actually doing i think an, an album thing with the decibel geek guys where they're talking about that whole album in detail with michael sweet so i, okay. I can't wait to hear that mm-hmm. cool um any, anything else in the kiss world um they started the north american tour yeah, uh, first Florida. first first day of the North American tour was in Florida just the other day, and the interesting thing I guess about that is same set list as Europe. They kept Crazy Nights in the set list upon their return mm-hmm. to America. So I thought that was interesting. I halfway expected them to swap it back to "Do You mm-hmm. Love Me" or switch it up to something else. So I was mm. I was um surprise and a little bit impressed that they kept crazy crazy nights in the set list there's also a couple of other interesting things that uh, uh jean bouvois was there backstage hanging out with them the guy who co-wrote a few kiss Animal. classics with them and uh it's interesting though too that there was a discussion about some people were mentioning if they had scaled down the stage now compared to how it was because apparently in europe their stage show was a little bit smaller than the one that yeah. they did here in north america and uh, people are thinking that they might have kept the smaller stage and brought it back to America now. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, I'd love to hear people's comments about that. I would imagine it's probably true with the number of sheds that they're going to be doing yeah. um, in North America that it will be a scale-back version, not the same version that we got in the in the arenas in January, February, and March. So, yeah, I think you're right. Time will tell. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on to the next topic. Um I'm sure we all, I mean, you guys and the listeners have been thinking about this one. Uh, it's often difficult to look into the future when you talk about KISS. I mean, they've surprised us so many times uh, and found ways to keep their popularity or get their popularity back, so to speak. Uh, I wonder, what are your future hopes regarding KISS? I mean, after the tour ends, what are your hopes? What are you hoping for? Let's start with you, Lonnie. Well, you know, I can see the tour right now has dates through December. Leaving the only part of the world they haven't gone to is South America, which I've heard rumors of them going to South America in the spring. But we'll see what happens. Um, where do they go? Where do they go after South America? Do they go yeah. back to do they go back to Europe for another run? They've already at that point, they will have already have done two runs through the United States. Do they have enough to do another leg through the United States? I don't. I don't know. You'd have to. You'd have to at least wait a while before you could do another run through the United States. Because by that time they're going to have. They will have played all the major markets, some secondary markets. You know, I guess there's some secondary markets that they haven't hit. Mm-hmm. Um, like the tour they did in 2016 when they did a lot of secondary markets, but. You know, a lot of people that go to those secondary markets for shows also travel to those shows as well from the first market. So mm. some of these people, if they've seen them, you know, once over the winter and if they see them again over the summer, are they going to travel to a third to another show? I mean, some people will. The diehards will. But are you, are you going to fill these places for a third leg in the United States? I don't I don't know. Yeah. I really don't. Uh-huh. As much as I love Kiss and I want to see them succeed, I don't know if they have the legs to do a third run through the United States so quickly. You know what they can do? Tell me. Ace Fraley. Ah, yes. <laughs> I think if they, oh if the number starts to go down, you know, they will consider that possibility. You really I think mean, he's going to bring yeah, that many more people? 
I mean, he, he barely brings a thousand. Yeah, into but, but it's, it's a different thing when he is in Kiss. But it'd be a different element thing. to get somebody to go back a third time to see him on this on this tour. Yeah, it would be a different so. element that oh, yeah. I've plus, seen him a lot a couple of these... times already on this tour, but mm, Ace is back. I could go. I could. Yeah. I could yeah, pony but, up for okay. another show. The, that's the hardcore people. That's the hardcore yeah. people will go back. Sure. But the general general pop population, when you say oh Ace is back, I mean, what do you mean? I, I, that space guy wasn't Ace. You know, like <laughs> a lot of people sure. don't even. No, no, they, I, they, I'm with you. I've seen shows that people thought it was Ace Frehley. Yeah, of course, but but I think they they'll try anything to, you know. Oh, you froze up there. Oh, oh you're yeah. back. Yeah. So uh, I think they'll try anything to 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 get some more people into the building towards the end. I mean, they have no shame, whatever in the in their yeah. bodies. They can do whatever. Uh, but that's about the only thing I can think of. Maybe they can have Bruce Kulick on stage, but he doesn't pull a lot of. No. numbers you know no, no people go a non-makeup guy you know no, i don't know no so so but ace they, is the only car they have to play i think but they okay so they are going to be playing obviously japan and have they already booked shows for australia have they yeah, done there's show, there shows in australia in november okay mm. right yeah because i was I, I mean really i mean where like you said where else in the globe have they not gone i mean do they go any into any deeper places into asia like have they gone to like korea or places like that oh. to play or you know i mean if they're really going at the end of this road supposedly then why don't they really try to go to a place like moscow or places like that to play you know well, they did they did moscow on this tour oh they did yeah okay. when they're in europe you know you know yeah. do they do do they go to guam do they do you know some <laughs> some other places like that even i don't know guns, guns and roses had a lot of a lot of countries in the far east when they toured um, mm-hmm. Extensively, so do they? Do they go that route? I don't. I don't know. Is it, it, I guess it depends on if the demand is there or not, and yeah. how big how how big the check is. Yeah, so yeah. it'll be. I don't. I don't know. I don't know where they go as far as touring for this end of the road tour, other than South America. Where else there really is to go? I mean, well, of course they they can do another run in in Europe. They could do another run in Europe. Maybe maybe they headline Download Festival yeah. in 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 England next summer. Yeah. Maybe well, that's a possibility. Thing, the funny thing is when I read this uh, idea originally when we were talking about doing this episode, one of the things I was thinking about was I thought the question was asking what we would like them to do after they're done touring. Okay. So and what I what I thought so was I actually thought that one idea that I'd like to see them do is maybe try to do another you know, short run of residency at Las Vegas. I mean, I think that went over really well. They don't have to tour now, right? Because then they can just stay in one spot. They're stationary. All the touring stuff that can can be a drag for them is not there when they do that. They seem to have enjoyed it somewhat. I I know that won't help them with the 40 pounds of armor and stuff like that that they wear on stage. But, you know, maybe that might be something to do because it, it won't go against their... You know, this is the last tour we're doing because it's not a tour. It's just them doing a residency, right? Don't give them any ideas. Yeah, have you seen the uh, Aerosmith residency? I mean, that Steven Tyler guy, it's like the mm. best. He's awesome still, and he's like 70 years old. To me, he's no, like... I haven't the, seen any of it. Haven't, uh, he's like, to me, it's like he, he is the best front man still. He's, he's still incredible. Yeah, and sings... Very good to this day. Yeah. Or you but, know, but, or I could see them doing a residency, you know, after they do South America in the spring. Maybe they do a residency. Maybe that's how they do some shows in Europe before they do the quote unquote final kiss show. Maybe they do a month or two of just like a residency in in Vegas and maybe throw in something a little spicier that to get people to travel out to Vegas to see them that they're gonna play uh, that they're gonna mix it up a little bit and play some different type of songs. I think they should. Uh, yeah, they should end things in Madison Square Garden. I agree. That that should be the final spot, uh, and do it like I don't know if you saw Murta Cruz's final show, like big thing, one last time mm-hmm. in a famous arena. So, and uh, I guess they would sell out Madison Square Garden. I think that if it's like. Yeah. Ad- yeah. Ad- advertised like the final show they will sell out yeah. Madison Square Garden no yeah. problem but, but, but what if they entirely stop playing I mean 
you've done the residency, you've played Madison Square Garden. What happens after that? What happens with the Kiss brand, Mark? Well, honestly, I mean, it's the one thing that we've been talking about in a lot of episodes, and it's the one thing that I know we've had lots of debate about, is I really wish that they'd finally sit down, have a long discussion with Universal Music, and try to get parts of their catalog back, and really try to do some sort of proper big box set releases of some of these records. I mean, I mean, they're not going to make a new record. That we already know. So why not make like a box set version of Rock and Roll Over, where they give us, you know, a remixed version maybe, or, or a remastered vinyl or something like that, plus some live you know, shows that they have from recorded yeah. back in the 70s and stuff like that, you know, include some 8x10s of some pictures from them back in the day. Like like I said, my King Crimson collection is great. Like, they do all those kinds of things, old ticket stubs and stuff like that, recreations of set lists. Like, they can go really in-depth. And KISS has tons of history that they can go and mine and do. But the problem is they never seem to sit down and pursue it, you know. And if they're done touring... And they don't have to worry about that end of it anymore. Then maybe they have the time to do it. What do you say, Alani? You know, I would I would enjoy that. But mm. you see Metallica release these these cool box sets. You see other bands release yeah. these cool. Def Leppard release these cool box sets. Why not Kiss? Why? And I know it's I know the reason why it's because of their deal with Universal. But mm-hmm. it's a shame that 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 isn't taking place because Kiss has just as many diehard fans as as a Def Leppard does. They really do. Maybe oh, yeah. maybe not as much as a Metallica, but wow. they do have a, you know, a, a good hardcore you know, base of diehard fans that would that would buy these deluxe box sets to celebrate mm-hmm. those those classic albums. You know, I would like to see, you know, there is more unreleased material out there too. I would like to see you know, another box set of just unreleased Kiss material. And you know, and make it unreleased kiss material not like the box set we got back in 2001 yeah. that was majority studio recordings thrown in and some other stuff thrown in there o- outside of disc one it was mainly the first disc had a lot of good stuff on it but then once you got past yeah. disc one it was mostly just studio recordings with some odds and ends thrown in there just a sampler here and there yeah you know, do, was do a-, a good box set and yeah. as much as it was touted as oh the box set of all box sets is the box that you've been waiting for like well i have all majority of this stuff. <laughs> yeah it was a big letdown yeah it yeah, really yeah. was uh, yeah uh, what i'm looking forward to uh, what i'm hoping to get is merchandise from every era of the band i mean they are so dissing the non-makeup years. I'd buy a t- t-shirts and stuff from you. Know, Lonnie, imagine couldn't agree, more. Couldn't agree more. Different couldn't revenge agree. t-shirts, and you couldn't could agree more. I each. love the non-makeup. Yeah. So, uh, and they they really haven't released anything what I can think of from oh. that era. So uh, there's a big opportunity there. I, I think f- people would buy a lot of stuff from you know a lick it up t-shirt or something from Animal Eyes Asylum. I mean. Uh, just do it. <laughs> no, I agree. The yeah. uh, when I was a kid and they weren't wearing makeup, if you could get your hands on some merchandise of the band wearing makeup, oh, that was really cool. Now it's the exact opposite. If you can get your hands on some non-makeup stuff, it's yeah. you know, yeah, that, that's yeah. the rare stuff now is the non-makeup <laughs> stuff. Yeah, and, you know, and like you, you said, like what have they done to 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 celebrate, or what have they done to release that? What have they released? To celebrate that era of the band well the only thing they've ever released to celebrate that era of the band is like the 40th anniversary vinyls which they kind of had to release to go along with everything else it was kind of by default that they released that stuff so it, it is a shame that they totally gloss over that era and act like it never even existed i mean, I mean after they have stopped touring there's like nothing to lose why not there's really an opportunity to to uh, market that thing okay mm-hmm. uh, let's uh, leave kiss for a while uh, and i hope you have looked at your spotify or itunes or whatever you use because uh, we're going to find out some of your guilty pleasures i mean we all know you as kiss fans and uh, i know lonnie you like guns and roses and mark you like jess and uh, but that's not a big step away from Kiss. Are there any other type of music that you listen to that we could never have guessed you liked? Mark, 
Do you have anything? Well, um, the, the interesting thing is that considering how much I despised this guy when I was younger, <laughs> um, years You're later now... You're going to talk about Bob Ezrin, are you? No, 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 no. Okay. Not Bob Ezrin. <laughs> um, when I, years later, as I got more involved in liking into the whole making of vinyl records and the whole production end of stuff, one guy who's really been in the at the forefront of trying to make uh, vinyl the very best that it could sound is Neil Young. He's been really toting the whole vinyl resurgence and doing all kinds of interesting videos about how to, you know, how he's retaking his catalog and making it sound fantastic for vinyl and for other digital mediums and stuff like that. And just watching some of these documentaries actually made me go out and buy a few of his vinyls the new reissues and the box set a little i have a couple of those cd box sets of his past albums and i'll be honest the guy who i thought was absolutely horrendous when i was younger i actually find myself taking a few of his cds into the car with me now and listening to i actually found myself a few times listening to harvest which i was like wow if if my friends in my old band know that i was listening to (sighs) neil young harvest they'd probably throw me out of the car you know so that's one thing that's definitely something that's a guilty pleasure for me now, as far as that, because people from people who knew me always thought that I, you know, was the guy who hated Neil Young. So that's definitely um, one of the things that I, I'm not too associated with. But I, I think the other thing that I'm starting to find myself listening to more is uh, just, and this is maybe not so outrageous, but after my father passed away, I went through his uh, vinyl collection just to help put some stuff away or to give some of it to maybe some of his friends or stuff like that. And uh, I started listening to a couple of them, and I found that I was liking some of his classical albums. Like He has a few uh, really old pressings of like Brahms and uh, Mozart and stuff like that. And, you know, I was never really into that when I was younger. I was really like, ugh, whenever he would put it on the radio, I thought this was, you know, the most boringest stuff ever. But, you know, I, I have a, I took one of his pressings of Vivaldi, the Four Seasons, and I actually yeah. really like that now. And I actually have it in my in, in with my own collection. So I think that's another thing that a couple of my friends might go, huh? He's listening to classical music, really? Like, it's just not something that was ever tied to me as a music listener. Mm. Cool. So classical music and Neil Young. I didn't see that coming. Uh, <laughs> personally, I, I look through my Spotify and mm-hmm. uh, I find a few themes that I I hadn't thought of it, but it seems like I enjoy, you know, themes from old police and uh, detective shows from the 80s. <laughs> uh, I guess it takes me back somehow, uh, and uh, you know it's kind of nostalgic because these days, at least here in Scandinavia, Nordic noir is very big, and that's like uh, both in literature and, and music uh, stories that are dark and bleak, and mm-hmm. the cops are very gloomy, melancholic, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the music I like is like the theme from Miami Vice. Ah, I knew it. Yeah. And that's like the opposite of Nordic Noir. I mean, they had cool cars, uh, they were fun, and their ways with women and so on. And other themes that I actually listen to a lot uh, is um, uh, Magnum P.I. Oh, yeah. You know, the one with the mustache, yeah. Yeah, with the Ferrari. Yeah, and also Beverly Hills Cop and uh, Knight Rider. Oh, yes, oh, I used to nice. love that. Yeah. yeah, I still listen to the music. the The, the shows uh, haven't they did not stand the test of time, but but I like the music somehow. So I listen to that a lot. You know what's Especially funny? Especially when I exercise. Yeah. Well, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but um, when I was a young kid, I loved Night Rider, and one of my biggest things I ever wanted to do, my father did this for me, is he took me to Universal Studios in California. And they had the Knight Rider car there, and you could line up and go and sit in it. And there's a picture of me somewhere that my mom has in her photo albums of me just absolutely like over the moon sitting in this car. And the car would talk to you and go, hello. And I'd be like, oh, my God, it freaked me out. He goes, 
Yeah, and right. I, I go, hi. And he goes, what's your name? My name's Mark. And he's like, hi, Mark. I was like, I was, I was like, for the rest of the day, my father could have took me anywhere and I wouldn't have complained at all. I was so happy after that. And I could have went anywhere and I wouldn't have cared because that, that, that to me was my big thing when I was young. I loved that car. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, the other oh. thing I'm just going to mention before we listen to Lonis is uh, I also like stuff like um, Living Daylights by AHA. Uh, mm-hmm. A View to a Kill, Duran Duran, yeah. and License to Kill by mm-hmm. Gladys. And the, the, all those three are Bond themes. Mm-hmm. So somehow that still is with me. You know, James Bond was the shit back in the day. <laughs> back in the mid-80s, I remember going to the video... Um, uh, what do you call it? Video renting? Video store? Video, yeah, store. video store, yeah. Blockbuster. And, yeah. Swedish equivalent to Blockbuster, and uh, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't old enough to rent the the films or movies, as you say. And uh, we had this friend in our class. He was huge. It was like <laughs> one hundred ninety centimeters, and we were like twelve years old. So we wow. made him. He was going to try to rent the James Bond video. And unfortunately, he wasn't very bright. So he, <laughs> he was supposed to say he was born in like 1974, and he mm-hmm. counted the wrong way. So he went the other way. So he was, I was born in 1982. And then, well, then you're too young for this one, little boy. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get to see the, the, the movies, but I still like the, the music. Well, what about you, Lonnie? Let's hear what crazy stuff you listen to. Yeah, I listen to. I've, and I've mentioned it on the show before, but one of my guilty pleasures is I have way too much Bon Jovi on my phone. That's not too bad. <laughs> I don't know. My wife gives me a hard time about it, and I'm listening to it, and she's like, really? She says, it really just doesn't seem like you. And, and not just the old Bon Jovi stuff, but like newer Bon Jovi from the 2000s, oh. too. See, yeah, there now, it now wow. it doesn't sound so Whoa. good anymore. See, now, <laughs> now it's a lot worse than it was. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Like I'll I'll listen to Bon Jovi from you know pretty late into their <laughs> career and it's pretty pretty bad. I think Bon Jovi <laughs> now, nowadays is more like a Bruce Springsteen type of guy. I mean, yeah, he, I think I think he wants to be Bruce Springsteen more yeah. than else. Yeah, you know, he wants mm-hmm. to own football teams and stuff like that. Yeah. So Bon Jovi's up there with me, and I like I'm I'm I never. I really like these bands that I always liked from the 90s, I guess, because they resonate with you when you're young. Yeah. And bands that never really made it big, I still listen to them a lot. Like, I listen to this band called, I don't know if you guys ever heard of Jackal. I really like yeah. them. You remember Jackal? Oh, I do, with the, the chainsaw song. Chainsaw, yeah. he's cutting up the bar stool and he throw it at yeah. the crowd. I, got, I still got a piece of a bar stool around here somewhere. My wife, we're moving. My wife's <laughs> like, what is this? Like, like, oh, no, you can't get rid of that. That's great stuff. <laughs> really? We're moving that? Yeah. So, no, like Jackal, and there's a band called Brother Kane. You guys, you know who they yeah. are? Oh, yeah. so well. I still listen to them quite a bit. Um, yeah. Bands like that. Popular. Really, yeah. Bands like, Brother Kane was actually pretty popular for a little while. Their first album was actually yeah. um, Here pretty, in Canada. Main, pretty mainstream. Yeah. Um, and I've, I saw them at, at some clubs around here, and they came back in their second and third album. Um I really liked them, and I still do. So, and like, I guess, you know, I remember, and I always liked bands like that in the 90s. Like, my friends liked bands like Rage Against the Machine and stuff like that. And I and I didn't like that. I, I liked more of a, a classic rock-sounding band like, like those other bands that I was just talking about. And now, if I'm driving around and, like, Rage Against the Machine comes on, I'm like, you know what, that's really not so bad compared to, like, what's out there now. This is actually pretty good <laughs> stuff in comparison. Like, yeah. I've actually gone yeah. back and bought some of that stuff that I was really against, yeah. against back in the day. And now I, the was very, I was very anti that movement as well because somehow it felt like it killed Kiss, you know. Mm-hmm. Kiss released Revenge, nothing right. happened. Then you had, like, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots... Uh, I like Stone Garden. Yeah, now I, I like all of them. You always like it. I, I, but they were the enemy. Oh the yeah. Enemy yeah, back in the day. So I couldn't, uh, couldn't listen to them back then. But nowadays, uh, and especially Stone Temple Pilots, uh, I like a lot. And Velvet Revolver later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, I guess that's your guilty pleasures. But um, if you're going to listen to a podcast, then uh, it can't be a kiss podcast. But anything else, what do you listen to, Mark? Can you give us a few examples? Um, Well, mainly I I listen to two types of podcasts. Musically, I listen to music in general, but I divide them into different things. Like I listen to. Uh, there's one podcast I listen to called Recording Rockstars, which is basically, it's not, it has nothing to do with musicians. It has to do with engineers. So it has to do with, they get people who engineered albums for like Dave Whitman, who recorded like a lot of Kiss records, for example. They had them on the shows and they talk about the different techniques that they used for recording albums, like what kind of microphones they used and these kind of like what kind of mixing boards and what's yeah. the what what do they remember about recording these records and then they give you there'll be episodes on like how to use the compressor properly or how to repair a 24 track reel to reel machine like stuff like that and these are the kind of things that I love listening to right because I love recording my music so these kind of things are very great to uh, listen to uh, as far as you know learning the latest stuff too because they also have like you know updates on the latest uh, plugins that come out and the all kinds of technology for recording music so i really love listening to those kind of podcasts uh, another thing that i like listening to is um they have a few podcasts and the name of the one is really i can't remember it at, at the minute right now but i listen to a few podcasts that have to do with single engine aircraft flying because i love like cessna 182 airplanes and stuff like that and they have like uh they have different these kind of different uh podcasts where they talk about you know people who are learning to fly engine single engine airplanes and they even have funny enough i found a podcast not long ago about people who use uh flight simulator games and talking about uh the complexity of flight simulating and how overboard you would be surprised how some of these people how much money they put into their their flight simulator. They buy like seven screens that surround Mm -hmm. them in their house. They have all the the model uh, replica sort of gears and the throttle units and everything. And one guy they showed in his house, his whole basement was reconstructed into almost a complete cockpit. So if you sit in there and you were to fly the game with him, the one guy said that he almost got nauseous because it felt like he was doing all the movements because of the screens in the room with him. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. Like, and I, I love that kind of stuff. I've never gotten that hardcore into it. I just have my single screen and my little one joystick, right? But I love flying planes. I mean, that's one thing on my bucket list to do when mm-hmm. I'm maybe a few years from now is I'm going to go for my private pilot license. I love single engine aircraft, and you know, I know that. Being a musician in a single engine aircraft is not the best combination, but you know I, I have I have faith in myself that I would never, you know, put myself into a mountain or something like that. So, um, you know, no no John, no John Denver music over here. So, um, but you know, I, I, I those are the two things I really enjoy listening right. to. That's cool, cool, cool. What about you, Lonnie? Um, I'm an old man, so I listen to all talk radio. Oh, all, you're all not that time. old. How old are you? 40? I'm forty. I'm forty, but my my wife my yeah, wife. You're younger me. than me. My wife tells me like an old man. I don't listen. To, I don't listen to music in the car. I listen to podcasts and listen to, yeah. to talk in the car. It's all I listen to. Um, outside of Kiss, you know, I listen to I listen to a Star Wars podcast called Blast Point Podcast. It's mm. pretty good, and they're Kiss and they're, and to a tie-in, they're actually Kiss fans too. See, oh yeah, <laughs> Return of the Jedi. So, I I listen to. They're actually Kiss fans too. So like they they make some Kiss references in there from time to time. And a geek like me is listening to. It's a Star Wars guy and a Kiss guy, you know, mm-hmm. finds the humor in their in their inside jokes. So I listen to that, and then I listen to a lot of sports talk radio and a lot of sports talk podcasts. There's a radio show here that I listen to religiously called The Morning After. And it's three guys from St. Louis, and they talk, and it's about, it's supposed to be about sports, but it's not always about sports. It just turns into just grab-ass type stuff and just, you know, busting balls type stuff. And it's it's funny, and it's offensive at the same time. And if you just listen to it, 
one time you wouldn't understand half of what's going on because it's a bunch of like Howard Stern type inside jokes type stuff. Yeah. You'd have to listen. Yeah. You anybody I talk to about it, I say you got to listen to the show for two weeks, and then give me your assessment of it. But you have to go through two weeks of listening to it before you can even understand what's going on. So I listen to that like on my way to work, and then I listen to the rest of it on my way home from work because I won't miss a minute of the three hour show. And I live in St. Louis, but I'm a big fan, as everybody can see, of the Cincinnati Bengals. So I listen to a lot of Cincinnati sports talk radio, too. It's exciting as that sounds. That's what I do with my spare time. It's an exciting lifestyle that I lead. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's not so bad. But, but you, you, talk, you, you listen to sports radio. What are your uh, go-to sports then? Well, obviously, football is Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. I, I really love them. And then St. Louis, I'm a big Cardinals guy with baseball. And then... Um, my wife is more the hockey fan than okay. I am, and she's really she. When we started dating, she really turned me on to hockey, and obviously with what the Blues did in the spring, winning the Stanley Cup, it was pretty amazing. It's something yeah. I never thought I'd I'd see in my lifetime. My dad <laughs> called me. My dad called me when the Blues won the Stanley Cup, and he said I never thought I'd live the day when the Blues would win the Stanley Cup. So oh, please. My dad's 70 my dad's 73 years old, so I'm really glad that they were able that they were actually you, able to do it for him, you, you know? have to wait long. How long we've been waiting here in Toronto for Toronto. a couple. But yeah. you have won the Stanley was Cup. Was it in the 60s? You have won it before. <laughs> last time was in the 60s, yeah. I think. Yeah. It was in yeah, the 60s. I, I think my dad was a young man when they won last time. Yeah. Like yeah. holy smokes. But yeah, but it, it, that's interesting though, Lonnie. I I didn't realize that you were so much into talk radio it's pretty I, popular over here as well but the, the one thing i forgot to mention though that i'm huge into as well listening to is i'm i listen to a lot of doctor who podcasts i'm really into yeah, doctor yeah, who yeah, i have yeah. a huge collection of that stuff i got like three or four dvd shelves full of like every single episode that's been ever released of doctor who i have the whole collection oh, yeah. like all like you know 300 episodes or 250 episodes i i have them all because i i love doctor who Okay. What about you, Daniel? What do you listen yeah. to? Yeah. Well, of course, I listen to a lot of Swedish podcasts. I don't know if I'll mention them, but I'll mention one of them. It's uh, uh, Fredrik Strage is the name of, of the guy, and he has his he's a columnist for one of the biggest newspapers in Sweden, and uh, he's like this music guy, very diverse when it comes to music. Yeah, uh, uh, he collects old T-shirts, band T-shirts, and everything, and. Uh, uh, pretty recently, he wrote a great piece on um, Kiss and Kiss fans. That was kind of cool. Oh. Uh, it was called "Jag vill leva i en värld där Kiss fans existerar," and that means I want to live in a world where there are Kiss fans. It was kind of cool. It's like the biggest newspaper in Sweden. So, uh, yeah. and he, he was going to some small convention in Sweden just to see Gene Simmons' old uh, Dragon Claw, you know, from the Unmasked Era, the <laughs> dynasty it has. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and he ended the article or, or by, by saying, you don't have to love Kiss in order to love their fans. I think it was kind of a, a mm -hmm. cool thing. And he's just a cool guy all around. So I listened to that. But, but when it comes to American or international podcasts, I guess uh, I listen a lot to the Joe Rogan podcast, mm -hmm. uh, mostly because he has such a eclectic, um, you know, uh, such a variety of guests. So you can always yeah. find someone who interests you and uh, uh, everything from fighters to scientists to comics and everything in between. So I listen to that. And, and actually, I also listen to Eddie Trunk. I know he mm, catches okay. a lot of, of, of flack, but... but uh, I think he's done a lot for rock and roll and still do. Uh, he still does. Uh, I really enjoyed the TMS show. I don't know if you watched that one, that metal show. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, think that, I thought that was cool, kind of taking Jay Leno or Letterman and doing a, a rock no, and roll no, show. I enjoyed that quite a bit. I, I think it yeah. was really fun. He, he, he has a TV show now, but it's nowhere near tms but uh that was a cool one so i listen to him from time to time he talks a lot about himself at himself at times but i still enjoy his podcast so so that's what i listen to but uh let's move on to the next topic and the next topic is favorite kiss fan i mean we're all favorite we all we are all kiss fans but in the 
past, I'm sure you guys have had one person or a few persons that ha have uh, meant more to you than others. Uh, uh, they had done something that you appreciate. And being one of these diehard fans is... I just watched this uh, Kiss Loves You. You remember that old... Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a fine line between being a cool, you know, Kiss fanatic and a, a creepy one. Yeah. <laughs> and you see both types in that film. So that got me thinking about Kiss fans and who I liked and, and whatever. And, and for me, it's this guy, the one who did these magazines. You might remember them. Uh, the Firehouse magazine. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, because this was my main source uh, of information, KISS information, for a lot of years. Uh, they didn't write anything in the newspapers or, or uh, in the magazines, an article here or, or there. But here you could get everything. And he, he put, them up quite, put them out quite regularly as well. You got a, quite a few in a year. And I still flick through them from time to time. I think they're great. And also, this was uh, in just before uh, internet came. So I really enjoyed uh, the the letter spot at the end. Here you could read what Kiss fans thought. They wrote letters, and you uh, you could actually get your own letters in here. I had a few in these magazines, and he answered them. And yeah. I think it was like the, the KISS FAQ message board of, of, of the day, of, <laughs> back in the day, you know. That right, is yeah. it, yeah. But then when uh, KISS Otaku, or whatever it was called. Otaku, and, yeah. Otaku, yeah. Otaku, KISS yeah. And KISS Asylum, when those sites started, you didn't need this one uh, as much as you did before. So, And then it disappeared. But Ron, I think it was called Ron Roxburgh or something. A Canadian it was. Yeah. Uh, so that's my all-time favorite Kiss fan. Mm. Lonnie, uh, do you have anyone that you liked back in the day or still do? Well, it's funny. Um, my my favorite Kiss fan is actually my friend Joe O'Dell, who I've met. Who I met. He lives in St. Louis. He's a you know he's all over Facebook, and everybody knows who Joe O'Dell is. And I met him 20 years ago at a toy convention of all places i was actually looking for star wars toys going back to that mm -hmm. and joe was there selling kiss vhs bootleg tapes and he had <laughs> detroit 75 he had um san francisco 75 you know had um houston 77 a bunch of different stuff and i was just like and i'd never seen i'd never seen these things before no. <laughs> and it just like blew my mind like oh my <sighs> gosh i have to have all of them. All of them. <laughs> you know? And, like, I, they would have these toy conventions, like, once every month, once every other month, something like that. And I'd go back, like, hoping he'd be set up again with a table. You know what I mean? So I could, I could buy more, more Kiss stuff. So, um, And then, obviously, Joe and I became friends over the years, and he lives 10 or 15 minutes from me now. And But... He's he's a he's a great guy and he's a great he, he's a great collector and he ha his collection is amazing what he has it's just absolutely ridiculous like he, Daniel like this he has Paul's fuck shirt from the Revenge tour and it, he bought at the auction back in 2000 when they did that he has he has that shirt like framed up in his basement it's it's like ripped to hell Paul wore the hell out of that shirt but it's yeah. it's really freaking cool Oh, so not to be, you know, I, but Joe's a great guy and he, he, he's helped me out with a bunch of stuff over the years. We help each other out with, with different things. And, you know, not to be, I always get people trouble on the show about being lemmings and being, you know, whatever Julian says go goes, but I really enjoyed Julian's books. And I did a long time before I, I even joined the podcast. And when I joined the podcast, I was like, man, people like, always tell me how much I know about Kiss is ridiculous and I'm going to do this show with Julian like what I know is like this much compared to what Julian knows about the band and like I was yeah. I wasn't I was a little intimidated at first when I actually okay. when I first started doing the show because like Julian like I've read this guy's written books about Kiss and I'm you know who am I to this guy so Julian Julian's a and I've been a you know, member of the FAQ for ever so yeah. You know, Julian has has done a lot for my my Kiss fandom as well. Not to not to 
you know, really suck ass to him, but <laughs> yes, he, really, he really has. <laughs> yeah, he's, I think we all put Julian high on our lists. Uh, but Mark, do you have uh, anything oh, that yeah. you can tell us? Definitely. Um, back in the day when I first started getting into podcasts, I had started, you know, getting back into my love of Kiss, but it wasn't really too hardcore at that time. You know, I had a few friends that listened to them, so they were always around in my listening. But I stumbled across a podcast really early in their infancy when they first started broadcasting. I think they were only on episode five, I think it was. And that is Gary Schaller and Ken Mills, the podfather for the Kiss F the Kiss uh, Podcast podcast. That podcast changed everything for me. Like as soon as I started listening to that, and they started doing all these little segments, like uh, the Devereaux's. Uh, they had like this thing where they called like a the Devereaux's dungeon or something like that, where they would go and listen to a really old demo they'd pull out. And they would play it like they'd play like the only like the isolated drum track of like an animalized song that you could hear Eric Carr just playing by himself. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. Where are they getting all this stuff from? And they would play like old bootlegs and stuff like that. And then they would do an album by album. Like one episode was only only on animalized. One episode was only on creatures of the night. And it really refired up my love of Kiss. So uh, Gary Schaller and Ken Mills have everything to do with me getting back into kiss i mean by the time uh they did their special on sonic boom i remember when they announced that sonic boom was coming out the album it was like pandemonium on that podcast were, it was everyone was so excited it's gonna be a new kiss <laughs> record and everything was going crazy people were you know calling in and stuff and people were ready and then when the album came out they gave their review about it you know and stuff like that so it really made me refire up my love of kiss so those two guys are highly responsible. And then kind of like what happened with Lonnie, um, I stumbled upon all kinds of different kiss things. And one of the things I stumbled upon was Julian Gill's books through Amazon. And I remember I bought one of his, you know, I think it was the 2001 era period book that he had out at that time. <clears throat> and I bought it and I loved it. And then I stumbled across the FAQ uh, message board because I saw there was like some kind of link at the back for it or something. And uh, I noticed that they were doing podcasts. So I was, you know, already at that point really deep with the pod, the podcast one. So I checked out their one. And Julian would always say, you know, if somebody from the board wants to come on and try and do an episode with us, contact me. And I remember I contacted him and he said, yeah, you know, let's go on and you can come on and, you know, try it, try to see if you like it. And I remember the very first episode I did was the Dress to Kill episode. It was really early on. I think it was like 30 or something like that. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And I, I really have to thank Julian for that because he really encouraged me to stick with it and to do it. And if it wasn't for him, I would never have had the balls to try doing some of the other ones like I did. Like I do the, the Yes Music podcast. And that guy, Kevin, he's really hardcore. He's a British guy and he's really very strict about his podcast. So at that point, I was kind of more experienced with doing the podcast because of you guys and, and with Julian and stuff like that, right? So... You know, Julian was a, a big, you know, big influence on me as far as Kiss. And you know what? Not to sound like an ass kisser as well, but you guys as well. I mean, you guys are probably some of my favorite Kiss people too. Like Lonnie, I met him at the Rock and the Rock and Pod there the mm -hmm. first year, and we had a we had a great time. We went yeah. to dinner and chatted, and you know, so Lonnie's become a really cool guy. That's in my what I who I consider a friend now as well. And same with, you know, with you, Daniel. I mean, we you know, we've even gotten as far as I went into your school classroom there and did a little yeah. segment for your for your school classroom there. And, you know, so you guys have been a big influence on me, too. So same with, you know, with Ken. I do a podcast with him. He's been a good friend as well. You know, and Alex is a good friend that I talk to on, on here as well and stuff. So, I mean, all you guys that we are involved with this, I would consider you guys my favorite KISS people as well. Well, thank you. Uh, I think it's kind of cool because uh, it opens up a lot, a lot, a lot of doors. Uh, being on a kiss uh, on a podcast, um, yeah. but, but I have to put you on the spot. If you could pick one of Julian's books, which one would it be, Lonnie? Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, solo albums book is my favorite. 
Yeah. Okay. And Mark? Yeah. Solo albums is my favorite one as well. It's mine as well. Yeah, I think that's that's the best one. Uh, and, and we have to say about Julian, he's very good at encouraging people to, you know, uh, be a part of this podcast and he uh, never treats anyone bad or, and so yeah. on. So if you feel like being on the podcast, I think you can. I mean, yeah. and I think there's room for any kind of KISS fan. I, I mean, you have the really knowledgeable guys like Julian, but you could, I mean, I'm more of a, of a regular guy. I know a lot of KISS, but not to the same extent as Julian. But I think it's in, interesting to have different kinds of KISS fans. Maybe someone who just discovered the band would be cool. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, someone yeah. who became a fan a few years ago. Uh, that would be interesting. So if you feel like it, just, uh, you know, uh, message Julian. I'm sure you'll, you'll be on the show if you want to. Because I met a lot of guys at the last uh, concert I was at, uh, Trondheim. And I said, why don't you guys, you know, you can be a part of it as well. Uh, no problem. But there seems to be people are a bit like you mentioned Lonnie, they are a bit afraid of a being intimidated a yeah. yeah intimidated but uh, i don't know why yeah. But, yeah. The, the door is always open for any member of the faq yeah. to jump on the podcast yeah. that's that's why it wasn't it was daniel's idea actually and that's why it wasn't it's why it came to be is i invented it you did <laughs> it's for it's for any member of the FAQ community can be on the podcast. It is not mm-hmm. limited to just the, the regulars that are on this show. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a place. And I, I would like to have more views. And like I'd like to have like a like a, a ladies view on here. I'd like to have a female on here every now and then, just to just because it'd be a different perspective as a kiss. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And we we we've, we've tried to to yeah. get more people on the show, but it seems that people are a bit intimidated you don't have to be that okay uh let's move on i think this will this will be our final topic of uh, how long have we have we been talking for 51 minutes yeah that's perfect okay so the last topic of today's episode is this one uh from from what i've learned kiss fans are a little bit of uh, nerdy i mean a lot of kiss fans are a bit nerdy and and not only in the KISS area. I mean, they have other areas where they know a lot of stuff. And I would say a nerd is an interesting person to me. I mean, that's a person who knows a lot about stuff. Not to be confused with uh, a jerk or something. A nerd is a good... Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I'm sure you guys have a few other things that you're really into and that you know way too much about. Who wants to start? Well, I can go first, I guess, yeah. if you want. <laughs> well, there's uh, the one thing that I've really been into since I was young, and now I'm extremely into now. And I know that every time I mention it, members of my family always put their hands to their head and go, I can't <laughs> believe you still do this still, is that I'm really into wrestling. Like, oh. I love watching oh. You know, it's it's 1980s, like 1980s wrestling. I can, I can start, I can like start mouthing stuff off about the 80s wrestling. Yeah. My brother well, I, the other day. I, like the honky tonk man. That. I liked him. He did the shake, rattle, and roll. Yeah. The Undertaker. <laughs> but I, I, I like that era. But now I'm really into the New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like right now, they're in the middle of their G1 tournament right now. And honestly, this wrestling is completely different than the WWE. Like. The Japanese fans in general, we all know when it comes to like music, for example, are very different than North American and even European fans. They're very respectable. They don't make a lot of noise. They clap at certain times. And when it comes to wrestling, they're very much like that as well. Like whenever there's a high spot that happens and somebody does something crazy, they can drops on their head. That's the the, the big whoa, you know, when something happens. It's, and they're really... Uh, a place that wrestlers nowadays want to go and wrestle because of that kind of audience that's there now, right? Because people are getting really fed up with the whole entertainment WWE side of things. It's more like a soap opera for men, that kind of uh, WWE wrestling, where this stuff is really back down to the sport now. And you got really crazy wrestlers, high flyers, you know, like Will Ospreay, then you got like uh, big, huge guys like Lance Archer. You have some fantastic Japanese wrestlers like uh, 
Kazuchika Okada and these other guys. They're amazing. If you love wrestling, New Japan Pro Wrestling is fantastic. And it's available on YouTube everywhere. Like If you just put in New Japan Pro Wrestling, you have a zillion hours worth of different matches you can see and stuff in there. And it's just unbelievable. Like I'm, I'm surprised some of these people are actually alive. Because I've seen people do like triple somersaults off the top of the ring through a table. It's unbelievable some of the stuff that they do. And it's it's just something that I've always loved since I was small. And it's continued with me now. And it's something I know way, way, way too much about, right? That and, and, and Doctor Who. But wrestling is more my thing that I am really, really, really nerdy about. Yeah, some of those sports that are... I don't know if you if that uh, qualifies as a sport, but but some of the sports that are uh, you know popular in North America, we just don't get over here. Like mm-hmm. Lana, you liked American football. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I don't know if it's too <laughs> advanced because I, I don't get it. But that's at least better than baseball. How long does a baseball game take? Too damn I mean, long. Three and a half damn hours. Long, too damn slow. Nothing happens. I mean, that's the worst. <laughs> and wrestling, I don't know about wrestling, but it, I like more the walk, the walk-ins in wrestling when they, when they came, come in and look kind of, yeah. uh, no, cool. But the, yeah. the whole thing in in the ring, I, I don't get it. But but sports is also one of my big interests. But I'm into fighting, you know. And especially heavyweight boxing. I know everything about, you know, I'll just show you. These are the things I go through when I don't have a lot to do. You know, boxing literature. Lots of it. In English. So that's good for practice. So uh, you can ask me anything about, especially heavyweight boxing. Uh, And I'm sure I, I, I can tell you what it's all about. And I remember when I started getting interested in, in boxing. It was one boxer that stood out. I'm sure you can guess who it was. Tyson. Yes, of course. Tyson. It was Tyson. Yeah, Mike. Right in age. Iron Mike. We were yes. right in the age group when Tyson was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All three yeah. Of I still remember his first loss against Buster Douglas in 1990. Yeah. I was shocked. Uh, of I'll course, we had we, we had a, a heavyweight champion from Sweden at one point in the late 50s. I wasn't mm. born then, but Ingemar Johansson. Knocked out the American Floyd Patterson on his ass. Then Floyd knocked him out twice. So, well, so that's a big thing for me. And I also follow UFC, but uh, heavyweight boxing is uh, my main interest there. Uh, As you said, Mark, I know way too much about it. Uh, Okay. I don't know what to do with all the information I have. Well, then let me me ask you then. If you were, with all the knowledge that you have and with the amount of years that you've watched it, would you say that Iron Mike is the best heavyweight boxer in history? Yes or no? No way in hell, actually. Okay. Unfortunately, the most, um, how do you say this in English? The most uh, flamboyant, the most, uh, mm-hmm. um, I mean, to a to, um, person who doesn't know boxing, it looks damn cool. But yeah. every time Tyson met... A great boxer, you know, like a Lennox Holyfield, Holyfield, or or Buster Douglas. He was knocked out, but but he, he never he never he never fought Riddick Bowe, unfortunately. Uh, oh. I think Riddick Bowe would have beaten him as well. And uh, Riddick Bowe didn't fight Lennox Lewis either. So you had that. That's a thing with boxing, you know. The best doesn't always get together mm, and fight. Uh, yeah. yeah. UFC is much better at that. They have, a, you know, the best fight, the best. So, uh, but that's enough about boxing. Uh, the other thing I, I, I'm into is movies. Mm-hmm. And that's not just watching movies. Uh, I've taken quite a few university courses on movies, actually, here in Sweden. Uh, mostly analytical approaches, like uh, studying, how do you say, dramaturgy. Uh, Themes, symbolism, etc. Uh, yeah. And I've taught film in upper secondary school. I'm, I'm not sure what it's called in America. It's like the 12th grade or something. Yeah. Seniors no, in eight. high school. Yeah, yeah. And it's always fun because you get groups of people who are really into movies. And nowadays they can watch 
who is uh, and I mean it's easy to get a hold of movies so they know a lot it's different when yeah. you teach literature or something they haven't read a book but yeah. movies is interesting to, to discuss with the students and this all started with this Lon will like this uh, watching Star Wars in 1983 <laughs> I was blown away and I've been a movie fan ever 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 since Mm-hmm. So, uh, Lonnie. Yeah, so I alluded to my two big interests outside of KISS earlier when we were talking about podcasts, and one of them is is Star Wars. I, I listen to a Star Wars podcast weekly basis. I, I've seen, you know, the movies way too many times. I've spent way too much money seeing the movies in theaters. What do you think I, about the new ones? What I, I enjoy the new ones. Yeah? My favorite one of the new ones is, is Rogue One by far. I really enjoyed that. Rogue because One, it's so dark. It's no, not... Oh, it's, it's great. It's not like Star Wars feel. Isn't That's that why the, it's like, great. Or, or, it's, or, it, it reminds me of Return of the Jedi because it is yeah, so dark. dark yeah. <laughs> that's uh, why yeah, I like that's it. Okay. I, no, Return of the Jedi. It reminds me of Empire Strikes Back. I'm sorry. Yeah. It reminds me of Empire and that's why that's I like it so much because I love Empire Strikes Back because it's, yeah, it's more focused on the Empire. And, you know, you have those cool scenes with Tarkin in it. And, like, I'm sitting there in the theater and, like, the CGI of, of Grandma of Tarkin comes on. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. You know, it looks like it was shot the day after A New Hope was shot. He looked so he looked so great. So um, I'm excited imagine, about ima- Just imagine what they can do in the future. Oh, I know. I mean, you can just pick Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and everything and, and do films forever. Yeah. They're, Have you seen the, the, those face shifter on YouTube where they put like, um, what's it? Um, what's the name? The one who, the Jim, uh, the one who plays the mask, uh, Jim. Jim Carrey. Uh, Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. They put Jim Carrey's face on Jack Nicholson in The Shining, and you, it, it's awesome. You have to look that up on YouTube, and that's the future. Sorry, so, Lord, yeah. no. Lord, I got to ask you something about your fandom though. Are you so deeply into Star Wars? Do you uh, do you actually watch all those kind of like cartoon tie-in ones I've, that are connected to them? I I don't watch. I've I've seen them. I don't watch them like over and over again. But I have seen you know the cartoons and that. I I will say that I've waited outside of Toys R Us several times at midnight for the release of new Star Wars toys so I can go in there and spend a fortune. I have done that on more than one occasion, more than two occasions have I waited outside of a Toys R Us um, for them to open at midnight for me to buy Star Wars toys. Nice. Um, yeah, it was Books. a real problem for a while. So I've, I've, I've since moved past, I don't, I don't buy the toys anymore. I've moved on, you know, I, I'm, I'm more mature now. And... The books, do you get that? I don't know about that. I've I've read I've read several bo- I've read many of the books, um, you know, and then you know they release new books that are like lead-ins to like the new movies that are com- like to Rise of Skywalker that's coming out, you know. So I have to read that before the movie comes out, so I can know a little bit more backstory of what the I board games. Do you play the board games? Um, I do have I do have a Star Wars Monopoly. I do wow. have a Star Wars Trivial Pursuit. I'm proud. Yeah, okay. see, it's bad. It's not good. It's, it's bad. bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm way too much. I'm not just like, oh yeah, I like Star Wars. I'm way too much into it than I should be. Um, and I can rattle off names of characters that their names never appear in the films. Like, oh, that's that's Tessic there. That's you know that you know Reese. You know, and shit like that. It's 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 not good. The stuff that I can start rattling off. Like if we play Star Wars Trivial Pursuit, you know, you land on a card and. Where you answer one question. If Lonnie lands on thing, well, Lonnie has to answer every question on the card for him to be able to go again. It's bad. So more more than I'm proud to admit. So the Star Wars thing's really big, and then I alluded to it also. That I really really love sports, and it's it's baseball. Sorry, Daniel, but baseball and and American football. I, I you know I really thrive on on both of them so and my, and my wife loves hockey and she's really turned me on the hockey in the last six seven years that we've been together so i like your wife yeah so she's she's really into the <laughs> hockey so you know between between the three sports there's not many nights that we don't have 
a game on TV between the, between the three of us. So oh, there's cool. always something on TV between one of the three sports. So we're, I've never met a girl who has been that into sports or a lucky guy. Yeah, yeah. she she doesn't she doesn't bat an eye if I want to watch. There's always a game on. So it's it, I'm I'm really lucky because you know a lot of like my mom for example. My dad loves my dad just loves baseball and he can tell you anything about the St. Louis Cardinals and my mom could just give a crap about it. You know, it makes no difference to her if they win or lose. And she goes, no, I, I take that back. She goes, I do hope they win. She goes, because then your father's in a good mood if they win. If, they're, if they lose, then he's in a crappy mood the rest of the night. Yeah. So, but but as far as knowing, my mom and dad have been married almost 50 years. She doesn't know a thing about it. So I am, yes, I am very lucky how much that, that she's into it as much as I am. So those are my two things. And like, my baseball memory is so ridiculous that I can tell you, like when something happened, like we're talking about, we we're in the car the other day, and she's like, "What year is that?" I go, "Well, that was 1996." Mm. And she's like, "How do you know that?" <laughs> well, I know it was 1996 mm. because the Cardinals yeah. were doing this yeah. at the time, yeah. so I guarantee you it's 1996. And she looks up on her phone, and she's like, "Why do you know this?" <laughs> mm. But I, I think really, that's a good that's I a good anything thing. Back to baseball. I mean, you can I you can use your interest in sports to remember stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. like we from 73 to now, I have you know easy to remember stuff that happens because it's I just tied together with the kiss albums mm-hmm. and kiss tours yeah. so it's a, a good way of sorting things in your head mm-hmm. so uh, and I think that's uh, a nerd is more often over average intelligent than below I think because yeah uh, for you sure you have to have some brains in order to remember all that <laughs> stuff yeah. okay I, I guess that's about it yeah. so uh, yes. for uh, Lonnie Mark and myself, thank you for joining us. Uh, please do tell us a bit about yourselves in the comment section. Uh, it's always fun to read. Um, tell us about your guilty pleasures when it comes to music. Uh, what are you into besides Kiss? Uh, any Kiss fans that you want to praise? Um, uh, what are your favorite podcasts? And what are your future hopes regarding Kiss? And also throw in a question or two that Julian can use when he talks to Toby Wright, the producer of Carnival of Souls. So tack och godnatt, och godnatt Amerika, var du än är. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final, there are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.